Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This show is all about art, craft, and creativity, and I produce it weekly in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. Welcome to Craft Sanity, Episode 3. This week, we're going to meet John Murphy. He's a talented artist and sock collector living in Asheville, North Carolina, where he makes stuffed sock creatures out of cast-off socks. Not kidding. He has people send him socks from all over the place, and he makes them into little creatures. Or he'll just surprise you with you know, making creatures from socks out of his stash. He obviously knows as someone who likes to make things himself, he knows that there are plenty of us out here who like to do our own craft projects. So he put all of his all his design secrets, um, well maybe not all of the secrets, but the basic design instructions for these monsters in his book that came out last year. It's called Stupid Sock Creatures, Making Quirky Lovable Figures from Cast Off Socks. And the book is great because it's really, I mean, there's some great illustrations. Um, you can obviously tell that John has a background in illustration. Great photos. So stick around and uh, learn how John went from a desk job to a sock job where he's, you know, trying to do his best to kick off his artwork in a medium that he probably, he didn't really plan to, to become a sock artist. It just kind of happened. So this might be a great time to go through your sock drawer. Maybe while you're listening, you can, you know, rummage through there and get those holy socks instead of throwing them away. You will learn as you listen and get some ideas of what you can do with those socks. And uh, make sure you check out craftsanity.com to see links for links to John's website and some pictures of his creatures. And you'll even see my sad little creature that I made based on his book. I named mine Detective Friday, so um, check it out. And if I can do it, you can do it. So hope you like the interview. This, I guess I should start off by uh, where are you at right now? I'm at my house. I'm uh, cleaning up the studio and uh, getting ready for um, my uh, first ever coworker slash employee slash, I guess, partner to come in and work with me. Oh, really? Yeah, he's coming in at 3.30, and I'm just trying to get the place uh, into a state where I can explain exactly what it is I do here for him. Well, is this kind of like a job interview for this guy? Well, um, he's, he's already in there. He, um, okay. I already know I want to work with him, but um, this, is, uh, this is his first experience in my studio, and so I'm just uh, uh, trying to lay everything out in such a way that it's uh, a bit more obvious to somebody who isn't me, you know, okay. already make it up, you know. So did you place an ad in the paper that a stupid sack creature guy hiring? Uh, really, you know, he came to me. Um, uh, several people actually have, have, have come to me asking, um, you know, in various roundabout ways, but um, this fellow, uh, his name's Ian, he uh, is a recent graduate from UNC Asheville, and uh, uh, I had previously kept a studio downtown before I uh, moved back to my apartment. And um, he uh, came in, and he had seen my website and, I guess, followed a little bit about what I do and came in to do an interview for a college project and uh, you know, did a kind of put a paper on me or something. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny? Yeah, it's, I think it's cool. I mean, uh, can you imagine graduating from college and, you know, what it's like to tell mom and dad that you're you're going to be making creatures out of socks for a living, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's really fun. And where where is your studio? Like, to, So for the folks at home, so they know where this voice is coming from, uh, wh- where are you at? Asheville, North Carolina, uh, the western half of the town. Well, if you can maybe give us a little bit of a background, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, obviously, you didn't major in sock creatures in college, but... Um, just kind of let people know how you got from point A to point B here. Yeah, it's 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 really funny. In 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 in, in retrospect, um, I guess the circumstances that brought me to making the creatures was a job layoff and a bag full of socks. 
This was, I think, yeah, this was 2003. I had been working at a ceramic supply store because um, my major had, one of my majors had been ceramics. I just wanted to stay in that industry and really wanted to build up that side of my, um, I guess, repertoire. And uh, um, I had been working for Leslie Ceramics in Berkeley, California. And, uh, you know, it's a revolving door over there. Uh, employees come and go. Um, on a fairly regular basis, and I had been working on their a design job on their catalog, um, their product catalog, and one day um, the general manager came into the office and, and, and just said, we don't need you anymore, and I never, ever, ever understood why. I mean, they needed their product catalog, didn't they? But um, whatever. So I think I worried for all of a day and then decided, you know what, I've got a bunch of skills. I'll just hire myself out as an artist and uh, you know, started touting myself as a freelance illustrator, but um, when I got the notion to work with a sock for the first time, I had just seen a book on sock monkeys at a local comic book store, and um, I decided to try my hand at it, and I've been keeping, I guess, collecting, you should say, um, all my socks in a big bag in my closet. They were just too disheveled to give to charity, so I kept them, and I was actually cutting them up for quilting squares. But uh, I uh, started making a sock monkey and kind of abandoned it for my own design. And um, the, the first creature ever made, his name's Albertine, and you can find him in my, on my website on, on, on the gallery page. Um, and just people started liking him, and I started making more, and now it's my job. So. And did you ever feel like you were doing this to maintain? Obviously, my craft sanity, I named it after, you know, the fact that I do projects to kind of cope with the rest of my life. But do you find, do you find that you, this has had a therapeutic, um, you know, effect on you, the fact that you're able to kind of throw yourself into your art when times get tough? Yes, yes. I mean, it was, um, it was keeping my hands from getting idle when I was laid off, helped me maintain my sanity. And, um, you know, I, um, it's weird. Even when your, your job and your money has been taken away from you, you always have your innate resources. And one of mine was the ability to work with my hands. And when all else fails, unless you're dead, there's always something you can do. And, uh, you know, moping and worrying and letting my hands remain still was simply not an option. Mm -hmm. and, um, so, yeah, when times get tough, I mean, maybe it's partially that times are always, in some degree, tough that keeps me making this stuff. And do you make, are you making these creatures full-time now? Or do you have another, do you have a day job? I do have a part-time day job. And what, know, what is that? What do you, you do? Know, I'm a freelance illustrator. Okay. And um, I bake part-time at a local Whole Foods grocery. Yeah, baking is something that runs in my family. I, I can't seem to get away from it. Um, I, I, I enjoy it. And well, that's well, that's really um, interesting. And so your majors in college were, you said ceramics was one of them? Illustration or, was the other. And illustration, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. And can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to kind of blend the illustration and your your sculptural skills into like a fiber art? Because you probably didn't imagine, or did you, in college think, hmm, I think mm -hmm. I'll be working with fiber at some point. No, I had always been intimidated by sewing machines, and um, yeah, I just, you know, the there were textiles classes I could have taken, and usually it was, you know, just um, making fabric and uh, making, I guess, gracious clothing out of that fabric once you've made it, and uh, never did really appeal to me. Um, I mean, there was a time a long time ago where I took apart a teddy bear just to see how it was made, and uh, I traced the pattern and made one on my own and uh but the illustration and the gosh it it it's it, it, it's really hard to say that one influences the other i mean i might have tried to you know link them together before with other people who asked me that question but i just um i just am such a cartoonist i just like aliens and monsters and weird things like that whether they're in a context or not um i just like to make them and, uh, you know, when I was in my ceramics major, I was aiming to be the greatest functional potter the world has ever seen. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, one of my professors taught us a unit on coil construction, and, uh, you know, the monsters just sprang forth. So and, you were um, making monsters similar to the ones that you're now making out of socks out of – you were making those out of um, – in your ceramics class? 
Yeah, reasonably similar. Okay. I mean, you know, socks and clay do have their inherent differences. But, sure. But, yeah, they, I mean, you can definitely tell they all popped out of my head. Um, we want to direct people to, to obviously pick up your book, and in the back they're going to find the, the comic. Um, it, it kind of brings personalities to all these creatures. And I'm curious about whether you created all these characters first and then, you know, made them come to life, or if they, you just had your sock creatures sitting around and decided to write a story about them. Yeah, some of the some of the creatures I made sort of lent themselves to uh, to cartoon characters. I mean, uh, cartooning and writing comics has been something I've been doing for a long time now. It's something I really love, and um, I did it throughout throughout college. And uh, um, you know, I have several storylines that never went anywhere, but not saying they won't one of these days. So I mean, I messed around with um, you know making a comic out of the creatures I made. It wasn't until I got here to Asheville that I started working with my friend and I guess collaborator Brandon Mize that we got serious about creating a comic about the creatures. And uh, um, I, I kind of had a cast in mind for the monsters that I wanted in the in the comic. But when I wrote my my craft book, my how-to book with Lark. The, the the patterns I chose, the, the the monsters for those patterns, they just had a really nice visual chemistry. So I I made them my cast, and uh, they just looked so good together. So they're the eight the eight main cast members, and I, I threw in a ninth because there was one creature in particular um, that I really wanted in my comic, and you know she just didn't make the cut at first. I mean she's not a pattern in the book, but I want her as a cast member. So, but I never. Like, my ceramic monsters I drew first to an extent. You know, I, I, I made a sketch of what I was going for, mm-hmm. you know, but throughout the sculpting process, you have to make certain changes based on the nature of your material and what it's doing. It, it's just a clay thing. I mean, um, my experience, you know, making an adamant decision about how the creature or the, the sculpture is going to look at you know, after it's done, you know, isn't as wise as simply letting it take shape um, according to your suggestions. And uh, uh, with my with the stupid creatures, the sock monsters, um, it's my customers who kind of guide me into what direction I should go with theirs. Um, you know, people fill out an order form and say, uh, I like this pattern in your, you know, or uh, I wanted to have five arms and three horns. I just I just fill in the blanks with whatever I whatever else I want. I see. Now, so, do they send you socks? Do customers typically send you their socks, or do you primarily? I mean, that's that's basically the best way to guarantee you're going to like the color and the pattern of what I make for you. I mean, um, they're I, I I think they're fairly priced for a handmade item, but I still don't think I'm making enough to run around town trying to find the pink polka-dotted socks with green stripes. Um, and whether or not I actually have something like that in my collection remains to be seen, but I've got some really nice ones. People from all over, everywhere, <laughs> donate socks to me all the time. And so I, I never have a shortage of material, but unless you are okay with taking a risk and let me do what, you, uh, let, let me do what I want with, with, with my socks, then it's best you go ahead and provide them so that you know you're going to like the color and the pattern. So how many socks you know. would you say you have now? Oh goodness, it's um, it's only really in the mid hundreds, I would say. Now, how do you store the socks? Do you have them like cataloged and filed by color, or, or just in a big bag? <laughs> that's coming. That's coming. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be sorting them by by the the kind of material first, and then by color. But right now, I've I've just got several uh, uh, big uh, plastic bins with snap-on lids that I just root through until I find <laughs> what I need. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I do, honest to goodness, want to have a um, a sorted system where, you know, I, I know what I have and what I can make with it, and that'll be something I'll be taking an intern for very soon. Yeah. <laughs> so the internship um, on someone's resume is going to say sock sorter. That's kind of nope. cool. Nope. Assistant nope. to a toy designer. Oh, assistant to what? Toy designer. Toy designer. That's you know, that's really cool. That's a very that's a very that's a good title for that. Yes. So, what is your favorite um, material to work with? Like, because I mean, every sock. I mean, socks are not created equal. I mean, there's there's. Yeah, you're right. I like um, stretchy wool. I I like anything that has sort of a tighter weave 
and uh, is, is, is less prone to look too terribly sheer when it's stretched. Um, I get a lot, lot, lot of um, uh, nylon socks, which is fine. I don't, I don't mind working with nylon at all. Um, you don't discriminate against nylon? No, I don't. I mean, you can find those, you know, synthetic socks at, at you know, stores like Target. Um, right. They have really inexpensive socks. Um, and, I'll, like, oh, I would have to say at least 75% of my customers have sent me socks from those kinds of stores. And uh, um, they're colorful, they're inexpensive, their patterns lend themselves to where I might make a cut. And um, they're easy to work with, but as far as material goes, give me something, you know, earthy and natural and sturdy. Right, right. Because uh, um, I like to be able to, 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 to stuff it really fully and really firmly. And what do you stuff the, the creatures with? I scored big. I found a, uh, a sewing supply store here in town that sells uh, post-consumer polyester fill. It's, um, they call it grade two. It's recycled, and um, it's just a little bit coarser, and, but I find that it has a bit more bounce and tends to bunch up into hard knots a lot less than its uh, newly made counterpart. It's washable polyester. It keeps its shape and keeps its place when you stick, when you stick your creature in the washing machine. And uh, I love it. And so these are cool. You, you're, it's okay to put these creatures in the washing machine if people want yeah, to I mean, I mean, they're made of socks, after all, which are meant to be washed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a bit, you know, sketchy at first about washing them in the washing machine. I just didn't know if they would fall apart or not. But I, I guess I do good enough work. I've, I've put, you know, sterile through quite a few times. I hope that people wash their socks before they send them to you. I've gotten socks with foot stains and things on them, but, you know. You don't have to name names. We don't have to know who did it. But um, but for the most part, people are pretty cool about washing their socks before they send them your way. Yeah, <laughs> I've never had any that are stinky and manky. <laughs> Too nasty I mean, to uh, work with. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, um, I, I mean, there's just kind of a warning on the order page on my website that says something to the effect of, I'll send you a dog turd if you send me dirty socks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But you haven't had to do that yet. No, I have not had to do that, and um, I, I don't really intend to ever do that. Right. I mean, right. I've gotten some socks that are just um, <laughs> so worn thin, there's barely any material to work with, and uh, but 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 never anything I've been, you know, I, I've I've never felt like I have to open the mail with a mask and gloves, you know. Is it kind of fun to open the mail and see, like, what you're going to be working with? Oh, yeah. It's like, That's going to be kind of cool. It's awesome. I mean, because some of these, some of the people really invest a lot of good material in their monsters, and uh, I got one order from Canada that was just beautiful. I mean, these socks were um, intricately patterned and brightly colored and vivid, and uh, I mean, it was like, I mean, it, the, the material just looks so regal, and I wonder what he spends on these socks, but as his creature turned out really, really gorgeous, and uh, I haven't posted the picture of it on the web just yet, but it's, uh, I was, yeah, people... It, it, it's great open in the mail. Do know. people send you new socks as well? Primarily, I get new socks in the mail from people, even okay. though I encourage people to use their old socks. I really encourage reuse and recycling as much as possible with this, but if a customer sends me new socks, it's entirely their prerogative. Right. And I think it would be harder for me to cut into a new pair of socks. If it's an mm-hmm. old pair that I can't wear anymore, because actually I've been saving socks too, um, just because mm. I'm um, – I'm, totally crafty and into art and stuff and i i don't like to throw something in the garbage that i think could possibly work for a project so um i'm relieved to hear that i'm not the only one on the planet who does this but so i have a uh, i'm actually going to do this today's my day off and i'm going to i have your book here i'm going to try and make a creature today um wish me luck but but it's i think it's really i I have to say though i'm still kind of i'm looking at these socks even with holes in the in the heels um kind of like geez you know i hope i don't screw this up because these are kind of cool socks mm-hmm. so it was it hard for you to cut into your first pair or did you just you know well, my first pair I ever cut into were used and old so, so you no, didn't have a problem I mean, yeah. the, the most difficult part is you know knowing that you only have one chance with this pair of socks and if you exactly. make a long cut um i mean half of it is just learning to dive in and just commit to a cut you've made and just go from there now, do you have suggestions for socks that are, I mean, because obviously we all have our favorite pairs of socks that we're really oh. upset when they get holes and you can't wear mm. them anymore. But a lot of people might, you know, to work out or whatever, wear 
like white athletic tube sacks. They're totally boring. You know, for if you're making a creature, obviously you wouldn't want to make a completely, you know, just out of white tube sacks. But do you ever use sacks like athletic sacks like that to, to make any? Oh yeah. I mean, it's 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 less the color and the pattern that makes them unboring than what you do with. One of my one of my favorite ones is um, made from those you know white and gray toed just tube socks, and it's uh, sitting happily at a coffee shop. The, the, the owners of this particular coffee shop here in Nashville bought that creature from me, you know, gave me the socks for it, and I made it, and they love it. And, uh, you know, just because just socks are plain doesn't mean the creature will be too. So you, do you use the, the button eyes and the mouth and just, you know, all the appendages you put on to, to kind of give it the personality? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like any one of us in our skin. I mean, it's, you know, you know, just, you know, how we were born is not necessarily what makes us interesting or not. You know, it's it's <laughs> who we are. Well, let's talk a little bit about your 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 book deal and how this came about. Because your book came out, this was 2005, right, when the book came out? Yeah, it was released last summer. Okay, and so you're obviously, you know, you're coming off a layoff, kind of, you know, a lot of people that go through that kind of you probably went through a little period of, oh, geez, now what do I do? It sounds like you got over that pretty quickly, threw yourself back in, into your art. Um, but how did you get from you know, just throwing yourself into your art and making these things to, okay, I think I have something that's marketable as a book. I mean, did someone come up to you, or did you approach a, um, did you approach Lark about this? I was approached by a couple of publishers, actually. The first one, um, you know, the, the, the lady seemed sincere and everything, but I just knew more about Lark than about whom she represented, and I've now forgotten, but... Um, you know, as, you know, it, it's hard to go through art school and not uh, reference a book made by Lark. So, I'm 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 very familiar with them. I trust them, and so when I was given a book deal by them, I went with them. Now, can you take me back to the the day you learned that you had an actual deal? <laughs> that had to be pretty cool. I mean, I I dream of that someday. You know, having a book deal. You know, it it was kind of nerve wracking because uh, um, I'm like, wow, this is great, this is great, but oh my gosh. They're asking me to give away my ideas. You know? See that? That's well, there's some risk in that. It. Yeah. But I mean, thing is, I just um, you know, I, I gave patterns for like a few of my really original basic characters, and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, f um, you know, some people who've sent me pictures of the work they've done, I could have done those myself. I mean, they're they're scarily good at these patterns. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm really honestly not worried about it because um, the the book is pretty darn heavily copyrighted. You know, my techniques, the way I make a mouse, it's documented that's how I do it. And, uh, um, you know, making stuff out of socks, making dolls out of socks is nothing uh, that's new. And it's just how I do it. But I, I kind of get over that really quick. I mean, most people who've tried making sock monsters, like when I teach workshops on them, and, and even when I, you know, I mean, some of these people in my workshops need suggestions for every step of the way. You know, to the point where I'm actually practically making the monster for them. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. But still, you know, nine times out of ten, it looks completely autonomous and unique. So I'm not too terribly worried about that. At least my name's on the book. And well, and also, I mean, I couldn't set up a booth. I can't take your book, make up a bunch of monsters that look just like yours, and then set up a booth and sell them. I mean, that's supposedly, I'm pretty sure that's totally illegal to uh, oh, take someone else's completely. idea. You can't, you can't do that. So, and, and someone would be really foolish to do that because it's all, as you said, documented oh, in this yeah. book, I published. The publishers in the world. So. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, think you're in the clear. So I don't think you're going to have to worry. If, and I don't think people are that, that, that foolish to do that. But, well, um, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You, <laughs> well, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, if you can kind of take me back to the, I know that there's, obviously an element of risk for you because you were giving away these, you know, ideas that are, very, you know, very original and, and really cool. Um, but what about, was there also kind of the excitement of, wow, I have a book deal? Yeah, and, like, I'm going to be an author. <laughs> it's funny I have lots of friends who are writers. And, and they're... You know, you know, really, really talented writers. I, I'm, I'm very, very excited about the work my friends who write are doing, and uh, I know it's only a matter of time for them, but I'm like, I got a book deal first. And you make sock creatures. <laughs> 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 meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, they're toiling away at the keyboard, sweating yeah, I, bullets. Uh, I mean, I just feel kind of rad. I mean, just, just, just kind of wrong for, like, um, all my other artist friends who just while away their hours, you know, thinking of the most profound ways to express themselves and here I come along making a sock monster and you know um I, I I you know I I just sometimes I feel bad about that but 
uh, other times I'm just kind of amused. I mean, I remember I called my mom, and I'm like, so, I mean, she's, um, my mom's a, a really, really great left-brain resource for me. She herself um, has an artistic past, but she just has a lot of experience and wisdom and uh, has helped me do things like uh, figure out pricing and figure out uh, uh, professional practices, how to run my studio, and so I'm like, Mom, Okay, I don't feel any red flags, but I gotta run this by you. So if you have any red flags, I need you to tell me. And she's like, "You're gonna be laughing." Did she say it in that voice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom and I both get these kind of, you know, you know, high in the top of our heads, excited, high-pitched voices, and it's it's really fun. It's, oh, my son! I can't wait to tell everybody. <laughs> And, uh, she's not gonna, was, I don't know if she's going to appreciate you, uh, your impression of her when she hears this. But Oh, um, my mom. Did. <laughs> we rib each other all the time. What is your mom's name? Give her a little shout-out here. Her name's Catherine Candu. She okay. lives in Wilmington. Well, hello and, to Catherine. Well, she yeah. obviously has done something pretty fabulous that she has a son that's so wildly su- successful well, in the world know, of art here. Her kids are pretty darn interesting, I yeah. have to say. So, I mean, I, I, I come from a very unboring family. I have to say. Now, how do how do your siblings? Are you, where do you come in the lineup? I'm the second of five. So, does everyone have their little creative project like this? Or are you the only artist in the family? I I I can't say I'm the only artist anymore. Um, I'm the only person who draws, and uh, I'm of course the only person who makes stuffed animals in the family. But um, let me see. My older brother is quite talented at flute and viola, and he speaks three languages. My, oh my goodness! Uh, yeah. Wow. In Atlanta. <laughs> Uh, my sister Elizabeth is an aspiring actress and fashion model who also speaks three, maybe four languages by now. She's just very great at good at them. My younger brother is um, a really talented athlete and um, just has a, a, a real keen ear for music and not so much a practitioner of either of those things, but the way he can analyze the culture around things like sports and music. I mean, he'll probably be a writer one of, the, one of these days as well. And, uh, um, my, my baby sister, Julia, she uh, just uh, started the landscape architecture department at UNC, or excuse me, at, at NC State. And, um, and she's just always had a real air for design, a real um, uh, artist edge about her. But seeing it applied this way is, is, is pretty exciting. So. Well, that's pretty cool to come from a family that's so creative and, and just oh, yeah. smart. It's not both, like you... both my mom and my dad play guitar, and uh, so... I'm the only non-musician in the family. Are you uh, able to speak multiple languages as well? Well, um, I, I definitely have the proclivity. I um, uh, we, we grew up kind of speaking broken Spanish in my house, so and I spent some time in France and was able to pick up survival, uh, you know, survival level of French pretty quick. So I think you know, given time, I could be where my brother and sister are, but just the their courses of study throughout college require that they learn this kind of stuff and. You know, to be an art major, for crying out loud, I mean... <laughs> you show up, you know. ...semesters of Spanish and be done with it. And, uh, <laughs> right. But, um, you know, <laughs> no, you're just an artist. You don't need to know languages. My gosh, I mean, but... Well, here's whatever. the real question. How many languages can you say, can I please have your socks? I mean, can you ask that question? How many... I, can, maybe... ask it in, I can ask it in Spanish, but yeah. for socks in French. Yeah. What's the word for socks in Spanish? I can't remember. Calcetines. Okay. Okay. Well, so if you're ever in uh, Spain or Mexico, you'll you'll be able to c- keep collecting socks. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> or peddle your sock creatures from a, a booth of some kind. So how did your your book? How's your book gone over? What kind of response have you received? Oh my word! The response has been pretty flipping huge. Um, I get emails and uh, sometimes phone calls pretty much every day from people who've bought the book and are using it. Um, Teachers who are using it in their curriculum and uh, oh really like what what kind of like elementary or high school or yeah college in high school um, not so much college um, but I I, I I I did recently find out that my book is in the reference library in um, at Penland it's sort of a it's a place where artists go and it's kind of like a artist retreat here okay. up in the mountains and it's pretty um. It's pretty, you know, well-heeled and well-known, and people are trying to get to Penland all the time, and it's pretty important. Like, everybody in any art school I ever went to were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Penland. I'm spending time at Penland, 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 you know. Um, <laughs> and like, where, where is Penland? Um, somewhere in western North Carolina. I've, okay. Um, I've been there once, but I didn't drive, so I didn't really memorize the route. 
but you know, essentially, I mean, it's it's a great place, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my book is in the reference library there. Somebody's using it for her project. I'm like, wow. And uh, now, isn't it pretty exclusive, like to get to to go to the retreat there? I I'm I you know I honestly don't know. Um, I think there's an application process, and um, I don't know enough about it to really say how to get in. But. Well, do you think you'd be able to get in? Your book's in already. Do you think I could just, you could just say, "Hey, my book's in your library"? You know? <laughs> it's well, kind of interesting you know, if you think about it. You know, to people... be honest, I think now that that book has been written, um, for me to for me to do anything like go to some place like that, I probably have to come up with something new now. Yeah. <laughs> now that it's already been documented that, I, that I've already done that, I, 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 I and, and honestly, I wouldn't want to you know spend what it costs to go to a, an, an artist society for a while and do the same thing I've been doing for three years. Right. Well, it sounds like you, you've got a pretty good handle on uh, the creative spirit is with you. Um, you might not need to go and reflect because you're already doing you're already doing it. So do you get calls for people saying, like, midway through their projects, they track you down and just try to ask you questions about what to do next? Oh, yeah. I, I You know, I, I, I get questions from people quite frequently wondering – you know, if if they're stuck or if they don't quite understand uh, part of one pattern, you know, they write me an email or they call me and and and, and I can explain it to them. And so yeah, people call me all you know, like that all the time. And what is um, the strangest phone call you've ever received? Um, I would have to say from a lady in Canada. Um, she was so excited. She placed an international phone call to me, and um, you know, it, it was it was nothing really necessarily strange about it. I just. Um, quite honestly honor that she spent international rates to speak to me over the phone about having <laughs> bought my book. And um, I don't know if she lives in one of the French parts of Canada, but, you know, my, my, my characters, uh, Claude and Genevieve, she right. was actually pronouncing in, you know, French phonetics, and it was really cool. It was like, it sounded so nice, like Genevieve and uh, Claude Glenas, and it was just really cute. But, um, <laughs> so I know that you've shown your work in some galleries. I've seen on your website you had some links uh, yeah. To some places where you've... Now, have you done that a lot, or...? You know, honestly, what I'm doing is just, you know, trying to earn my money to get by day by day, and uh, um, and if if down the road a gallery show is something that I think I want to do, then yes, I'll pursue it, but the, 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 the creatures for right now, um, you know, I send them to various shows, uh, you know, here and there. There are plush art shows that I get invited to, and I've participated in several... And um, I, I send them off to those kinds of things. I've never really pursued um, a stupid creature show all myself. I am having a show here in Asheville. Um, uh, goodness, I think in June, um, June or July. Whomever decided to put two J months right next to each other in the middle of the year was a numbskull. But, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I'm um, I, I'm I'm having a show uh, here in Asheville and. I um I want to show more things in the creatures because I mean I mean I'm, I'm you know I might say I'm not all that well known here in Asheville but the stupid creatures kind of are and uh, um you know I I, I kind of want people to walk into a show of mine like and say something besides oh yeah we already know about the stupid creatures so you're thinking about showing other kinds of work that you do yeah I'm I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be asking all my clay friends here in town if I can rent time at their studios or just uh, buy time on their kilns or whatever and make some more ceramic monsters, you know, the, the, the predecessors of the stupid creatures. And um, I really would love to do more of those. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my creatures graphic novel right now as well as, uh, uh, or, or I should say primarily uh, uh, a, a different graphic novel written by, also by my, my collaborator. He and I are going to be touring out of the San Diego Comic-Con this summer. And um, you know, I'd like to show pages from that just to just to let people know that yeah, there's 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 more to life than the creatures. You know, putting the creatures in galleries, yeah, I'm 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 up for it, but I just really don't have the the time right now to like put together press packages and stuff like that, and uh, you know, spend all the all the postage shipping around to to galleries for for the monsters. But you know, we'll see we'll see how things work out in the future. Well, it sounds like you're you're happy making monsters for people. That's really what you love love oh, to do. Oh yeah, I, I I'm I'm I really enjoy having this kind of obscure work. I mean, I've I've done the desk job thing, and I, I appreciate that facet of our culture, but it's just not for me. And even though desks and sewing tables and drafting tables might be, you know. <laughs> functionally similar, um, the kind of work you do at them is definitely not. And 
Well, I think some people just aren't, frankly, just aren't wired to be able to tolerate the sitting at a desk for hours on end. Um, because it, it really does kind of suck the creative life out of a person um, if you're not, you're not able to express yourself creatively at your day job. So it sounds like you've, and I think we all eventually get to the place or we're, we're supposed to be doing what we really love. Um, so kind of getting back to you, you making creatures for people, what's the furthest locale that you've sent a creature off to? Hong Kong. Yeah. That's pretty, do you get a lot of international orders? Um, a peppering. I've got a lot of orders in England. I've got some in Canada. I don't have in South America or Australia. Um, I've got some in Scotland, one in Germany, uh, a couple in France. Primarily it's the United States, but yeah, I, I do get international orders. Have you kept track of how many you've made total? Unfortunately, no. There is a way, though, I could do it. I, I mean, I've got my, my PayPal records online, and I've got every order form also. Um, I know it's, you know, definitely well below a 1,000 that I've, that I've made to date. But you're in, it's been several hundred? It's definitely been several hundred. The ones on my website are about um, maybe half of what I've really actually done. I there see. was a time when my camera was broken, and I wasn't able to take pictures of the ones I made during that time. Oh, that must stink, because then you don't have the right. proof of the, or just to be able to look back at them. Yeah. I know, I know, it's horrible. Sorry, it's I shouldn't, well, maybe those people, if they, you know, you know, you put a little notice in your website, if they, you know, to, that yeah, if, if you, you don't see your monster. If here, you don't see your monster, yeah, and it might be kind of fun for you to see, like, where people take the monsters, because some oh, people yeah. like to take them on vacation and take a picture and send them to you, you know, do people oh, do that? Yeah. I, well, you know, people have said they're going to do that, but I haven't seen photos of that just yet. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, people listen to this, they'll think that might oh, be a I nice, know. These a nice little present know. for you to just see um, where your creatures are now and how they're yes, doing, exactly. how they're adjusting to life. Is it hard for you to, after, well, first of all, how much time does it take you to make a monster? Oh, goodness gracious, anywhere from about four to six hours. Uh, some some have taken longer because I'm just... Um, I, sometimes I get obsessive and over-design a creature, and uh, um, but roughly four to six hours to make one. And then once you put your time into it, you probably get kind of attached while you're making it. Oh, you things. know it. You know I do. Now, how hard is it for you to actually mail it back? Oh, it's the rough. Person? I mean, these are my babies. <laughs> now, do you put them in any particular kind of um, contraption to mail them or just regular box? I mean, how, how do these things get transported? Well, um, if if I know it's raining in Asheville, then um, I put them in a plastic bag, a nice sort of sturdy plastic uh, clear bag, and then I I just box them up in cardboard mm -hmm. um, with the customer pack and uh, send them off. But if the weather's nice here, and I, oftentimes I don't put them in a the plastic bag. Well, it but, sounds uh, like they're getting to where they need to be, you know, yeah, in good condition. Part, yeah, I mean, um, a couple creatures have bounced back. Um, uh, you know, I one creature in particular, um, I'm having the roughest time getting it to its customer because the address was wrong, and um, the contact information is body, and uh, uh, it, 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 it's heartbreaking. I and the person already paid myself. for this creature? Yes, they did. Oh, oh yeah, that's kind of rough when you're trying to get it back. And so. speaking of which, how much do creatures cost? So if there are people, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be people who listen to this, and they might not be up to making one themselves or think that they might be intimidated or for whatever reason or just want one of your originals because I think there's something novel about having the artists create one, um, you know, that's pretty cool. How much right. is a monster? Well, right now my rates are um, 60 bucks for a custom job and 45 for a ready-made. But uh, things are kind of speeding up, so I might have to change the rates to, uh, to sort of, you know, keep a lid on it. But... Um, I keep a lid on the orders coming in, that is. Oh, because you just can't keep up with... Yeah, I, I, I've, um, I think I'm finally at a spot right now where I can... I have all my creatures on a schedule, and I know when I'm going to finish them. And uh, how, you know, I, you know, I can say, oh, yeah, the, the, the Smith order, blah, 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 in whatever state of production, you know. But um, there, you know, every now and again it happens when I just get deluged with orders, and I've, you know... Um, I, there, there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of press lately, and, um, I'm kind of expecting sort of a, kind of a rush, but, um, 
So for now, that's what my rates are, but don't be surprised if I gotta, you know, watch out for myself. And so do you, do you create one monster start to finish or before you start another one, or do you sometimes have them in various stages of completion? I will, I will start um, probably three or four at the same time and just, you know, cut a bunch, sew a bunch, stiff a bunch, stuff a bunch. And, um, you know, sometimes um, I'll do one from start to finish just if, the, if that particular project engages me to do so. But, um, yeah, I, I, I sometimes do a few in mass. It's, um, it's really hard then to determine how soon one particular order might be finished because, you know, if, if, if it's in the cut stage and I'm, you know, got some creatures in the stuffing stage, yes, I've started it, but, you know, when I'm going to get to the finish of it, remains to be seen, you know. So if people are looking to get these as a gift for someone, how far in advance should they let you know? They should call me. If there is a due date, if there is um, an anniversary date or a holiday or something, they should call me or email me and ask if they think my schedule is clear enough. I'll give them a green light. Uh, to be perfectly honest, with everything else I have um, on my plate at any given time, it is impossible to determine how long somebody's going to wait for their creature. Is it usually Sometimes. like weeks' time or months? I mean, how long do? Oh, golly, it varies. Okay. It really does vary. And uh, you know, my bringing on extra hands to help me make them will definitely alleviate the wait time for people. That's been that that's been the one thing that's kept me awake at night is just oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, that that some people have 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 spent what weight that they have. And um, but most of my customers are um, are patient and. Uh, you know, most of them also just want to know that it's been made by me, so I'm, I'll have to make some kind of caveat on the website of, you know, to the effect of, yes, I have people helping me, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've done them all by myself for X number of years, and now it's time to speed the process so I can get your monsters faster. The reality of that means somebody else besides me might not be making yours. Right, right. Well, I guess so. it's still better than having you uh, ship production overseas to a sweatshop or something, you know what I mean? I mean? And since these are one-offs, you know, none of these are prototyped, it would be very impossible really to get manufacturing for them. Each one of these creatures are unique, and I just feel like if I did um, take my line to mass production, it would just kill the magic. And, um, I mean, I do intend to make a line of um, mass-marketed plush toys, but I'm not going to call them the stupid creatures and... They will look decidedly different. Uh, I mean, you'll be able to tell that I made them the same day I made them, but uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, the stupid creatures will remain for those who still want the custom service. But you want to maintain this, what you have going right now. It sounds like people really like that, you know, that they're responding. Yeah, they really and... do. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I've had my slow points, but for three years, and three years is still kind of a short time, Um I've I've never been under the impression that oh this this is finally going by the wayside mm -hmm. you know it, it peaked and had its valley and now it's over I've never once felt like it's over and uh, I'm sure one day it will be but I will have segued into something different by that time um, so you know my my, my comics projects and um, the, the 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 lines of toys that I want to do you know are my efforts to keep as many oars in the river as possible. Um, do you hope to be doing this full time and not have to have, you know, the, the day job or the side employment? It sounds like you do enjoy baking, so that's not really like a drag. Yeah, for you I do, to do like that. baking, but you know, I, I mean, it's just, um, it's, yeah, I, I definitely, I'd rather do it recreationally than, 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 than have to go in. I mean, it's just, uh, um, I've only been doing it for a little while, and um, I'll probably uh, quit that pretty soon if. Um, you know, if, if, if orders do tend to flow in like I expect them to soon. How, how many hours a week do you put into your um, stupid creatures? Oh, gosh, anywhere from 20 to 40 to 50 to just depends. I mean, I have some deadlines with uh, the, the graphic novels I'm doing, and they need to be honored, and uh, I, I definitely um, will honor my customers' orders, but... If there are none on the table that particular day, or if, if, if some are not due until a little while later, then I'll relegate a day or several days to drawing. So, so do you have a book deal for the graphic novel? We are going to be pitching it at the Comic-Con this summer. Uh, we do have a very strong lead for a publisher up in New York. 
um, who, who likes what uh, my collaborator has written and likes what I've drawn. And um, But uh, uh, as of now, there is, there's no contract just yet. Now, are these creatures and monsters, or are they something completely different that you're drawing? Uh, the ones we're working on right now, yes, they are. It, it, it is a different storyline entirely from my creatures, but there will be a tie-in down the road. Well, it sounds like you are just creative in every no, every medium, <laughs> whether it's mm -hmm. baking or or illustration or whatever. So that's great that you're you're you've really tapped into that. You kind of hit the vein. You know, you know, it comes out in every direction. So that's great. Um, I, I am curious about um, a little bit about the difference between art and craft. Like, do you see yourself as an artist or a crafter when you make your stupid creatures? Well, I call myself an artist, and uh, but you know, with with any art form. Um, there is a degree of craftsmanship, which simply means how well the, the how well the project has been executed. And um, uh, I'll call myself an artist first, but I don't mind saying that the stupid creatures are a craft item. Do you um, think there's kind of a stigma? I don't know if you run into yes, this with the gallery, because uh, galleries seem to be, and, and it's not every gallery, but it seems like there seems to be a, a you know, popular opinion with galleries that, you know, it should be fine art and something that's not, um, yeah, if it's and cute and if don't it's know who made fun. Yeah, because I, I interviewed an artist a couple of weeks ago who um, crochets, uh, mm -hmm. and she kind of ran into the same, some, some of the same responses, you know, where, you know, you, if, it's, if it's cute or it looks kind of like a toy, uh, even though it's totally creative and very artistic, I mean, a lot of skill went into creating it, it seems like there might be a little bit of a, uh, you know, snubbing that goes on at the yeah, gallery it, level. It, it's like if it has a function other than to be looked at and adored and in some ways worshipped, then it's not fine art. You know, when people think of fine art, they think of whatever's in the Louvre. And, you know, you can't cuddle with uh, those Etruscan Greek statues. <laughs> right. Um, but you can take take a stupid creature and cuddle with it in bed, you know. I mean, um, you know, of course... A, one of the stupid creatures took a lot less time to make than, you know, Michelangelo's David, I, I, I do surmise. But it, it's weird. I think, the, I think the line has been drawn as functionality. You know, if you can use it, it ain't art. Right. But do you, um, but do you it think... It either belongs in the, the, the Mountain Craft People's Museum or the Sharper Image, you know? <laughs> do you think that, that what you're doing, though, artists like you that are out there making things that are functional, they're fun, but they're also very artistic, do you think this is bringing art to a, a part of our society that might think, geez, art is unattainable for me. I don't have the money to put this, like, pristine painting on the wall. Um, I don't want a marble statue in my living room. But they might really be drawn to something like this where it's art and it's, they're able to then have it as part of their either a collection if they don't cuddle with it, but they just have it on the shelf, or if they do give it to their child and decide their child can carry this around. Uh, but do you think, do you feel kind of good about maybe bridging that and offering people that might not be big-time art gallery goers an out, kind of an entry point into the art world? Yes, I think that's great. Um, I mean, there, I mean, toy art right now is, is kind of big. I mean, those of us who were, were raised in the 80s, we grew up on action figures and superheroes and you know, now we're, 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 we're making superhero action figures. It's kind of like a, I guess I would almost tie that into the same way cultures of ancient past would um, embody their idealistic human traits into great big mar marble and bronze statues. We do the same thing, but in vinyl. <laughs> and, um, and uh, I mean, a lot of people, yes, they can't afford, you know, Ogos to go buy the Mona Lisa or something. Um, right. Yeah, they will adorn their shelves with... Um, with things you find made by people like me and uh, other people who are quite talented also. Well, what kind of art do you collect? To be honest, I'm such a pack rat. Um, I collect transformers. <laughs> now, are these yours from when you were a kid? Um, yeah, that was something I played with as a child quite often. And you and, still have um, them? Uh, in, in quite a, yeah, in... in I, I, I do have a lot of my Transformers. They're um, in my parents' attic. My brother actually took better care of his Transformers than I ever did, and you know his are probably actually co you know collectors' items nowadays. I like to <laughs> I collect flyers and postcards that have been tactfully made. Um, I uh, you know I, I wind up framing them and hanging them on the walls. Like flyers um, for what? For band concerts. 
uh, for other art shows, you know, stuff like that. Um, I, I collect the artwork of friends of mine also, other other plush toy artists. Um, I've got friends who are printmakers and letterpress designers, and I collect their work too. So, and um, I'm a comic book junkie. <laughs> I collect comic books more than I probably should. So, so do you have the space to display all this stuff? No, not really. I mean, I've I've been in my um, my home studio now for about six months, and in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm still working, living out of boxes. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, I've, I I had to paint the place uh, before I could, you know, move my stuff in. So, and um, you know, there's going to be some mild construction going on uh, in my apartment. So I'm not exactly sure which walls to commit to as artistic spaces or not. So. So do you have a studio area set up to work? Or do you kind of work wherever? Yeah, I work in my entire place, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I try to keep all my work out of my bedroom so I can just have that as my little um, inner sanctum and uh, not be bothered by making a living in there. Um, you know, I've got my, my corner for my computer. I've got uh, my, my my kitchen has my sewing machine and sewing table and all that. And um, I've got this nifty alcove that's not quite a hallway and not quite a closet. And uh yeah, you know, that's kind of my storage and uh, storage space for my fabric and uh, various creatures and stuff before they ship. Well, I guess it's cheaper than having to rent another studio space. Well, to be honest, now that I'm living by myself, it's exactly the same as the same amount as what I was paying before. You know, I was sharing a house with two other guys, and I was renting a space downtown. And uh, now that I'm living by myself, it's the same thing. So, yeah. I'm curious about what kind of what kind of sewing machine do you use? Um, I've got two. They're both singers. One is from the 70s and one is from, uh, nowadays. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty much just run on the mill, do your basic, uh, front and back. Uh, the older one, you know, does, you know, front and back and zigzag and, you know, some kind of, you know, you, you can, uh, stick these little cams down inside the top of them and get some decorative stitches by some strange work of alchemy. And, um, there's... The, the the newer one that I have, um, you can just do all that by flipping a switch. It's not computerized or anything, but it's definitely got um, a lot of a lot of overcast and decorative options. And uh, so. So this is the one that's the older one. Is that have a history to it? Did someone give that to you, or did you just? Yeah, my stepmother gave it to me, and uh, she um, she just hardly ever uses it. I mean, when you know, back when we were kids, uh, she would you know hem our trousers and stuff like that, and. Um, you know, uh, you know, change pants into shorts and, uh, you know, she was, I mean, she sewed when she needed to, but recently she just, she just told me, do you want it? You know, I don't really need it. I don't, I don't use it and it's perfectly good. And that's one thing about, (laughs) about sewing machines is, you know, uh, they are indestructible. I mean, it's been said that cockroaches are going to inherit the world and what are they going to do? They're going to be sewing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I've I've had people, workshop participants, show up at my classes with uh, sewing machines that are like 100 years old. Uh, all they do is go forward and backward, but keep it well oiled, and uh, and 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 that's all she wrote. You know, that's you know they they just they just last. So, and, and you just learned how to sew recently, didn't you? I learned how to sew probably three years ago. Like basically, um, when you started this. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, there was a sewing machine on hand where I was living. It belonged to my roommate's wife, and, uh, um, you know, she wasn't using it, and I, uh, you know, she let me use it, and a friend of ours showed me a few of the basic steps on it, but then I'm like, hell, this sewing class, I mean, it's everything I'll ever need, and so I took a sewing class, and uh, just so I could learn how to use the sewing machine properly, mm-hmm. and, um, and it was great. Now, were you the only guy in the class? I sure was. Now, how many of your guy friends sew? Oh, goodness. Um, none of them. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if you're trying to count up a bunch of people, man, this is an interesting bunch. Yeah, I mean, so, so you're I kind of... I, I know guys who own sewing machines and know the way around it. In fact, uh, one other fellow whom I work with, um, uh, where I bake... You know, he knows what I do and uh, says he wants to learn how to sew. And so, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to bring him in to, to help me with the creatures and to, you know, give him what he wants to learn how to sew. I mean, 
I, I don't know anybody else who actively pursues it like I do. So were you kind of the um, the novel person in the group when you went to this class and it's a bunch of women? You know, how did what kind of reception did you get? Were they curious about why you were there? Well, no, it no. Was, I was I was very you know warmly received. I mean, you know, nobody was like you know backfell demon. This is our time. You know? <laughs> um, you know, it was. I mean. My instructor was just incredibly sweet and funny and hilarious and, um, uh, you know, nobody gave me a hard time. Well, did they know what you were trying to, like, did they know about the creatures that you were trying to make? Or Well, they knew that I was, um, yeah, they, they, they knew that I wanted to get better at doing that and that, you know, I had gotten, you know, quite a response from the ones I had made and, um, you know, wanted to learn how to make more. And cause I, the, the first few I did were hands <laughs> Oh, my goodness. That must have took forever. <laughs> It did. I mean, I really accomplished a lot with the overcast. Yes, so let me um, <laughs> How many did you make by hand before you oh, got going? Probably within ten. I mean, but it probably felt like ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, it did. And I mean, but um, you know, I, I, I first, I think I first started calling them stupid creatures there at that class because you know somebody was uh, asking me, "What are you making?" I'm like these, just you know, these dumb stupid little creatures out of socks and you know, my <laughs> my teacher Cecilia she said I don't think they're stupid I think they're very intelligent <laughs> and she was she was a she was just a a pistol I tell you well that's I'm cool I think a, a lot of times if you meet somebody that's doing something who wants to learn how to do something you know how to do it's a very endearing thing so you probably endeared yourself to the bunch there you know <laughs> they thought this fun. guy he wants to and learn. I actually himself. acknowledged my sewing instructor and um and her assistant in my book. I did notice that. I did notice that. Awesome. So well I'm gonna definitely put some links on the website so people know where to find your book and um your website as well. And um I don't wanna keep you all day because I know you're you're have you how far have you gotten with the cleanup of your, your studio area there? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah, I, you've I mean, been working I, a lot. I actually swept, you know. I I I mean I, uh, I, I'm definitely a bachelor, so I really don't care that my kitchen tile is modeled. Are you bringing up the bachelor thing? I did. Uh, this is another question before we go. I wanted to ask you. Now, do you is is this the stupid creatures? You know, have these brought you uh, invitations for marriage or um, anything? Uh, <laughs> I mean, how has this affected your social life and your networking? With just you know, uh, maybe I don't know if you like being a bachelor or if you at some point want to settle down with the stupid creatures and someone else <laughs> <laughs> and have a, a, oh, a creature yeah, family. I you know, do want to settle down with somebody of my own species. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, social life, yeah, it's improved quite a bit. I mean, I, I, you know, well, you know, it's kind of a toss. I mean, I have enough friends if I need more, but find some. Um, and, uh, but, uh, I, I, I have to say I'm pretty lucky that, um, I don't think anybody's exclusively my friend just because I'm that guy who makes the socks, you know. So that, and, you uh, don't have to worry about people trying to date you because of your sock creature success. No, okay. I, if, if ever that was a worry, I could alleviate that. Um, you know, um, it, it, I, mean, I mean, nobody I have dated has been offended or put off like, what, you're not a strapping firefighter? Oh. You know, I, mean, I mean, nobody's been, you know, uh, put off by that, uh, like, Guess what I do? I sew. I mean, well, do you think days. there's a stigma for a guy that sews? I mean, I mean, have you run into that where people, when you say, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I sew. This is kind of my art form," do people kind of look at you like, you know, like, what is this guy about? You know, he's sewing. You know, not I mean, really, no, not really. I mean, um, I, I do kind of want to have a show for for men who sew because I mean, I um, as, as 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 much as I am all about you know gender equality, I see tons and tons of stores that you know, tout their entire business model on being run by women, selling stuff by women, and nothing but women. If a man steps foot inside, he dissolves. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind just saying, you know, look, men are so, rock on. And uh, um, and just, just see if that invites, you know, uh, friendly discussion or harpies and banshees. But, um, <laughs> and, uh, but you know, no, it, it, it's not really that big a deal anymore that men sew, because I, I, I know quite, I know, well, I don't know any personally, but I, I've heard that quite a few men are, are crocheting and knitting these days. Oh, yeah. Well, the guy, I just bought a singer, a commercial uh, uh, model over the summer, and uh, the guy who sold it to me was worked for Singer as a you know independent dealer. He was he sold it to me out of a back of a truck and 
Um, <laughs> Does was it kinda, work? Yeah, yeah. That was my husband was like, "Are you sure this is a good idea?" I mean, he came, he was actually at a sewing store to my credit, so I didn't like just find a guy along the road. But he had several tattoos. I mean, he was one of the manliest men you're ever going to meet. He uh-huh. he would he when I sat down to use the demo machine, he was screaming the directions at me. Yeah, <laughs> then you do this, blah blah, and then you know, and it was really. Um, something else it was the experience alone i would have paid the price of the machine i mean it was pretty funny wow. and then uh you know he had a lot of tattoos and he actually makes uh, uh gun holsters um out of wow. leather is what he sews because i asked him i said well do you sew you know i mean do you do this you know when you're not trying to sell this he said oh yeah you know and he works with leather you know and he, i guess that's what he would do in his hotel room as he traveled the country selling these machines you know and uh yeah i i he's type of guy you definitely wouldn't want to you know insult his manhood because you know he was the real deal you know so yeah i mean there's a there's a sewing machine repair person here in town he and his wife make house calls and uh, come by to fix your machines and he's a world war ii veteran and his job out of the war was uh selling sewing machines and uh and uh, his his wife just handles the business affairs of, of 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 their service and uh yeah, there's 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 definitely a manly uh, sort of an unspoken manly aspect of uh, joining fabric. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you have such a great time with everything you're doing, and I think people will hopefully be inspired to pick up your book and and you know try it out. And do you have any words of wisdom? Any any final thoughts about you know well, for the folks yes. at home? On on the subject of supplemental employment. If you're going to pursue a career as an artist, get used to every now and again having to seek work elsewhere. And uh doesn't mean your product is bad or that your future is not bright. It's just a reality. Most people whom you know we think are quite famous and quite well-to-do and living off the fat of their industry, you know, from time to time, do have to <laughs> humble themselves and uh, look reality in the face and uh, you know do whatever it takes to survive. It won't be this way forever, but um, that's what I would say to any graduate uh, who plans on doing it by him or herself. Um, don't be afraid to seek extra work. Well, I think that's and very good advice. Well, yeah. Thank you. And, and are you taking, a, you said you're taking an intern at some point. Uh, are you looking yeah, for a yeah, summer um, intern or a, uh, a winter intern? or I don't know if you yeah, want to put the call out for. I guess the. I guess the spring semester is now. I'll probably I'll probably advertise for a summer intern. So you're looking for someone with an art background? Not necessarily. I mean, what I want to do is, um, you know, work on launching my uh, my 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 stuffed toy line and uh, beef up my back stock on ready-made stupid creatures to sell off the website. And there's other stuff that I want to do. Various, um, you know, uh, merchandise, buttons, fridge magnets, and uh, greeting cards, things like that. That. I would love to do. I know it would improve my line, uh, but I just am unable to do it on my own. Um, what, I, what I'm looking for is just people who can research things like the cost of making a fridge magnet and, and uh, various suppliers for those services and, 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 and materials, things like that. And uh, I'll also be looking for people who want to help make the creatures and uh, eventually join the business. So is this going to be kind of like The Apprentice? Have you thought about that? Have, uh, you know, like... Eight people vying to be the stupid sock creature in, uh, apprentice. Well, you know what? <laughs> that I'll do it. <laughs> I don't know if there's Donald Trump would be. There's definitely enough work to be done, whether or not it's uh, lucrative at the moment. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's definitely there's definitely work to be done. The so. winner would not be getting a six-figure position uh, working. <laughs> if they include the decimal points. <laughs> Well, that's that's great. And what I'll do is I'll put your, I'll, you know, people, I'll tell people that they they want to be your intern. They can uh, apply by sending you an email. Um, yeah, for now that's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna be putting some flyers up around town in time for the summer courses. So, but I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. And if I'm Thank ever so in your neck of the woods, I'll have to stop in and see your your creatures in the studio where this happens. And you know, yeah, you're but, welcome anytime. But yeah, I won't be applying to be an intern though. I <laughs> I don't have the time for Sounds that. Sounds like you have enough going on. Yeah, I have two little girls under two, and uh, I work full time, and and then I'm crafting sanity in my spare time. So. Word. So yeah, but thanks so much, and no um, I'm sure we'll be in touch at some point. So that's it for today's interview. As promised, I have a copy of Jeffrey Yamaguchi's 52 Projects book to give away this week. 
and I had little Abby Rose, my beautiful 21-month-old craft assistant, do the honors of randomly selecting a winner. So, and I did tape record that. I'll play that now so you can hear how that went. Okay, Abby, we're going to give away this book. We have to draw a winner, okay? Ooh. So you want to help Mama pick the winner? Okay. Okay. So can you reach in this tin? Pick out one of the numbers. Just one. Just one, honey. Let's see. Oh, you picked number two. Let's see. Who's number two? Oh, it looks like it is Jacqueline Wolven from Eureka Springs, Arizona. Oh, wow. She won. What do you think about that? You think that's cool? Cool. She's going to get this book. We're going to give her this book. No. No, you want to keep the book? Well, <laughs> we're going to give it away. Is that okay? No, Nana. No, not to Nana. To Jacqueline Wolven. Is that okay? That's okay? That's okay. Okay. Can you say, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so thanks to everyone who entered last week's contest. That was really fun. And also thanks to all the folks who sent me some really great ideas for um, future shows. I like all the guest suggestions I'm getting, and please keep sending those. I have a growing list of people that I will be pursuing for interviews on the show. I'm also interested in hearing what kind of topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show. So if you have any suggestions or comments or questions or ideas, please forward those on. Uh, if you're also working on any really cool projects, uh, let me know about those too, because I am not opposed to just interviewing average citizens, weekend crafters who don't you know, think of themselves as these big-time artists, but have some cool information or cool stories to share. I'm just as interested in regular Joes and Janes as I am in people with book deals, so remember that. And send all that great information to me at jennifer at craftsanity.com. Thanks a lot, and you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit craftsanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email jennifer at craftsanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.